Welcome, I'm Moshe Ferber. And I am Ariel Munafon. And this is the Silver Lining Podcast, a podcast about security architecture. Hi, and welcome to Silver Lining Podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast. We are broadcasting from Tel Aviv University's Cyber Week. Those of you who are not familiar, Cyber Week is one of the world's largest cybersecurity conferences. It's being held at the end of June at Tel Aviv University. We got over 8,000 different visitors from around the world, 85 different countries. And um, this is an opportunity to meet different people and interview them to the podcast. And today we have our first guest for the Cyber Week uh, podcast. It's a series of podcasts. And this, uh, we are hosting Olaf Stenauker. I hope that I pronounced your name right. <laughs> Can you please later on tell me how to pronounce it? Feel free to mispronounce my name as well. That's, that's okay. <laughs> Moshe, that's fine. Uh, my name is Olaf Strootker. It's uh, indeed difficult to pronounce. No way I could have pronounced <laughs> that. Olaf is from ABN AMRO. He's a special strategic advisor to the CISO office. And he's here talking about, about cloud security. He gave an excellent talk yesterday at the Cloud Security Alliance Summit, which is part of the Cyber Week. Um, and now we're going to talk to him about adoption at banking sector, specifically in ABN AMRO, and the the unique of the cloud octagon model that they have developed for uh, cloud adoption. So good morning, Olaf. How do you enjoy uh, Cyber Week? Yeah, it's really an excellent uh, experience being here. First time in Israel and first time in Tel Aviv. Uh, so I enjoy it very much. And uh, it's not only the conference, I would say. You enjoy also the hut? Uh. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, no, it's, I think the conference itself is very well organized and so many interesting speakers and interesting opportunities uh, to be here. And uh, in that sense, I'm very proud and uh, privileged to be here. Excellent. We hope to see you also in the next uh, couple of years. Well, uh, yesterday I gave an excellent uh, speak. We don't hear too much uh, from about cloud computing from banks. They're usually very a traditional sector. Also, they're very close. They don't like to share. So I really appreciate the fact that you're here and sharing all this uh, information. It's good for the community. It's good for cloud adoption. Uh, can you tell a little bit about yourself, your background? What do you do at ABN AMRO? Yes. Um, now, what I said, uh, I'm a strategic advisor in the corporate information security office uh, of the bank, working already for over 20 years uh, in the bank and also in uh, information security and risk management. Um, so my background is more on the policy side rather than on the technical side. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you can imagine, it's all uh, blurred together anyway. So. Um, I think uh, if you really think about it, uh, information security and cybersecurity has evolved over time uh, in many ways and uh, as such I'm also uh, with, the, with the topic uh, close to my heart. <coughs> um, yeah, maybe something about uh, the bank, uh, because uh, I can imagine that uh, the bank is not very known here in this area. ABN Emerald Bank is a top 25 uh, European bank. We used to be uh, much bigger, uh, but in the, uh, in the crisis time, uh, 2008, uh, we had a demerger, so we shrinked a bit and uh, we were falling apart, but uh, the heart is still there and the heart is in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. uh, ABN Emerald Bank is, uh, is the th one of the three largest banks in the Netherlands. And uh, we do do retail banking, commercial banking, in fact, the whole uh, whole sort. Okay, and I was really impressed from the depth of uh, cloud adoptions that uh, you're having. Can you tell us a little bit what kind of environments are you running and what is the basically the big 
the basic purpose of moving into cloud? Yeah, now I think uh, as you uh, can imagine is that uh, we have all this old system still around, the ledger systems on the mainframe, etc. But we also saw the need to move into the future already very soon. So as a bank, we are very open to adopting uh, the, the cloud as the new technology that will bring us further. And we also believe uh, that we should be a front runner in that sense. Um, uh, I think it's not a secret that we have a very close uh, relationship with IBM. Uh, in fact, it's one of our strategic partners uh, from uh, a long time ago. We have uh, more or less outsourced our IT in the past mm -hmm. to IBM and now uh, yeah, more or less trying to uh, make that work also in the new world. So we have a, an uh, internal cloud working uh, uh, for us at the bank's premises. And we have cloud adoption, uh, public cloud environment from Azure and uh, AWS. Okay, and how about SaaS adoption? SaaS adoption is also there, of course. Uh, you cannot do uh, without it. Uh, it, is, uh, it is also a bit of a minefield, I would say, because uh, if you really think about it, you can just buy a SaaS uh, using your credit card and we still want to get control over it. So as a bank, we are heavily regulated. We're also obliged to report any cloud usage to the regulators. And uh, that's also why we have tried to get our head around and organize it uh, from a governance perspective. And we do, of course, have also monitoring place to make sure that uh, not things are happening that we don't uh, want to ha uh, allow. If we talk about you talk about the government and regulation uh, here, I, I think Moshe will uh, fix me if if he will. Uh, we are not, uh, you know, uh, really ready. Who, is, who, who to blame for not going to the cloud? The banks, the regulation. How is the situation in the Netherlands? Well, it's. I think it is a bit of uh, both, and maybe even not even uh, a situation that that there's no willingness. It's also um, uh, there's a lot of scrutiny involved in that. And I think as a bank, we're better safe than sorry. Yeah. So we are a little bit reluctant in general as a banking sector to be the first uh, front runners. On the other hand, and especially I'm, I'm talking now also for the Dutch banking sector and also for ABN AMRO Bank as such, uh, we see the need to move in that direction and we want to be a front runner. So that's also for ourselves, it's sometimes a trade-off. Um, uh, and the regulation part, uh, on the one hand, it is also keeping us on track. Uh, and on the other hand, it's also, of course, creating a lot of bureaucracy and uh, sometimes also making life too difficult also uh, to really uh, be fast and, and in, in the adoption. So uh, it, is, uh, it is a challenging act, that's, that's clear. Yeah, from what I understand, the re bank regulator in Holland basically says that you can move to the cloud, but you first have to c uh, confirm this with the uh, board of directors. And second, you have to notify the regulator about any uh, at least uh, significant uh, cloud move. That yeah, is correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, actually, actually, that's already since 2012, 2011, oh, okay. that they uh, more or less uh, uh, put it already as okay. a rule in place. In mm -hmm. practice, of course, over the last uh, five years, this really has uh, emerged and also okay. uh, brought further. So uh, going back to your question, it's the same regulation as we have in Israel. It's basically the same regulation as I see in many other European countries. Um, bottom line, uh, in Ireland it's uh, from 2012, in Israel it's since 2017 mm -hmm. or 18. so this is a big difference. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think the in Israel uh, the cloud adoption is being uh, in banks is 
being uh, held due to other reasons, and one of them is because the bank's network are not connected to the internet. This is an old regulation that we have uh, for years, and it's very different in Holland, right? You yeah, yeah, we have, of course, uh, we have a cloud, oh, sorry, not only cloud adoption, but also internet mm. connection everywhere. Mm. Uh, internet banking is really something that we have there for, for, for decades. Yeah, we, we have internet banking, but the local, uh, Local lands, the oh, local, local area lands, network, yeah. and cannot should not be connected directly to the yeah, internet. Yeah. They have uh, they have strict uh, strict guidelines around it, and basically it, uh, everything that is uh, about uh, SaaS adoption makes it, this makes it a lot more harder. And okay. if you're not connected to the internet, how can you connect to CRM to CRM of Salesforce? And yeah. uh, in any way, cloud adoption in Israel mm -hmm. is being held because we don't have the local data center. But that's a different story because this podcast is aiming to <laughs> e even uh, to EU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote one question. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, going back to AB and AMRO. Uh, so let's talk about your cloud uh, adoption process and uh, how do you uh, develop the cloud octagon model? Yeah, there's a bit of a funny story actually and uh, why we ended up with an octagon model. Um, it is because we believe that uh, yeah, we should get our head around uh, uh, all the different aspects of cloud. Uh, and in fact, we, we know the Jericho model is uh, uh, the 2009 model. Uh, that it was there, and I think we, we liked it as such, also to, to have the discussions around it. And, and But we also noticed that uh, from a risk perspective, we needed more angles to really look at the matter. And uh, that's why we came up with our own cube, so to speak. In fact, it was uh, an extended cube with uh, other elements like data classification and, and country perspective, etc. Um, and uh, that's also, of course, influenced by the regulations that uh, are put upon us. So. Uh, that's more or less the start. And then at a certain moment, uh, one of my colleagues came with the idea, well, why not call it, uh, take, take eight different angles and call it an octagon model. <laughs> and, uh, and we used that and worked that out. And actually it is a way to really uh, give different lenses uh, for the same uh, problem. Yeah, because it is about when or when not to go into the cloud and when or not uh, to decide to go into the cloud. And uh, we believe that it's better to uh, to really make that a joint effort. So we specially, uh, specifically want to involve uh, a lot of people from the bank that have their own views and their own uh, special in insights, I would say. Uh, we call them the second line functions. Uh, so they are from risk, from security, from uh, legal, from compliance, architecture, etc. And they just look at the matter and from their own angles and then we combine those insights uh, to make a joint uh, decision. Okay, so basically like, you have like a, 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 a meeting room where there is a committee and there uh, everybody f are there are uh, stakeholders in the matter of cloud like uh, privacy, risk management, uh, I don't know, a compliance, a business uh, case, and then some kind of department is saying, okay, I want to move to the cloud, here is what I'm planning, yeah. and everybody will state their uh, their interest or uh, say if they have something smart to say about it. Yeah, in the end, of course, it is by meeting together, you will uh, have uh, bring together the, the joint knowledge, but of course they have to do the prep work uh, individually, and, and in fact, we have all kind of uh, uh, standard procedures for that uh, that will have to be followed just to to make it work. But the end result is indeed that you meet physically and, and bring together those knowledge and then come to a conclusion. Also, technical people. See? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is. Uh, in fact, that's also what we see now. Uh, that uh, the decision making process should be 
uh, as early as possible. So we call that the shift left approach. I think it is a common terminology also in the DevOps world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should make the, uh, have the decision process as early as you can do. So the first question is, uh, is it something that we do want to do anyway, regardless of the risk that it brings? So it is in fact, you, you should more or less think about a placement strategy of where to put your data uh, upfront first and then come to the conclusion, is it, let's say, fulfilling also all the regulatory parts? Okay. So I, I understand how it's working for software as a service. I mean, you, you have a company, you check if uh, what kind of data you're uploading to that, and that's much easier because this is the, uh, most of it is the provider responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does it work for the infrastructure and platform as a service? I mean, you have different consideration there. There's an yeah. environment you need to build into. Yeah, so we have, um, uh, in fact, for the platforms as a service, we, we more or less decide on the approved services that we want to allow in that environment first. So it's more like we create an infrastructure that is inherently secure and inherently approved. And then we give freedom to the teams to develop on that environments and uh, and then use secure pipelines to uh, develop uh, uh, products and, and applications on that environment. So, so you check the, let's say, uh, on Azure, on AWS, you, you say, okay, RDS is okay, or RDS MongoDB? Exactly, exactly. And we have a lot of, a lot of debates, of course, on when to accept such a service, yes or no. And of course, that also gives a little bit of drawback uh, from the development teams that really want to do everything in, uh, without any, any further uh, concern. And at least uh, if you're really a developer, you want to be free in the things that you can do. And we have, of course, those freedom in, let's say, sandbox environments. But in the, let's say, real world where we have real data, uh, we want to have only a controlled environment. So uh, how do you achieve this control? I mean, uh, how do you make sure that the cloud is all the time is evolving new services? And how do you make sure that, uh, you know, they want, okay, uh, you let them use RDS and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, API gateways and this, uh, I don't know, uh, some kind of CDN. And all of a sudden you find that they also use the, uh, some kind of a dupe database on the side and uh, nobody knows about it. Now we do have monitoring in place uh, that uh, let's say is a continuous uh, effort also the continuous monitoring is in place. So we, mm-hmm. I think it will be very difficult to use this kind of services without being noticed. And in most occasions it's also not that they did it on purpose. It's just, yeah. Uh, lack of knowledge yeah, and lack, lack of, knowledge. of awareness. And, yeah, and that's also, I think, what is the bottom line here also, if coming back to the Octagon model, that uh, in fact, the whole idea of the Octagon model was that uh, we need to educate people in such a way that they understand the different perspectives that you need to take into account. And we see it also as a, as a metaphor, more or less, uh, to educate people in the right way. Uh, and, and, and we even uh, created a board game uh, from, from the Octical oh, model okay. uh, because that's an easy way to make people familiar with all these uh, different aspects. I want to connect to the board. <laughs> 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 uh, the, 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 the bank, I, maybe I'm going a little uh, aside, uh, do you have a CCOE t- uh, team, a Cloud Center of Excellence, or it's only the, the, this board? Uh, no, of course. We, uh, in, in, in that sense, we talk about the cloud now as if it is one thing, yeah. but in a, a, a reality, of course, there's so many different uh, aspects to it. So if I look at the Amazon and Azure environment, we do have separate teams, uh, so separate uh, centers of expertise for, for both environments. So it's not one team even, but it's even for the different environments, we do have uh, separate teams. Uh, and that, uh, let's say, the, the, the Octagon model is specifically used for the SaaS environment because there you have all this SaaS adoption, uh, which are outside the uh, Amazon and uh, Azure environments. Okay. And also, it's a process that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah Amazon in the, uh, in the Azure environment are probably there 
they're they're here to stay. They they're dynamic, but uh, software as a service, c- you could have couple of companies boarding and offboarding at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So, but 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 at the same time, if you look at one service, is also changing all the time. You know, uh, in Azure and uh, yes. AWS. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The service itself, but. Uh, you don't have to re, uh, reassure it every time. I mean, there's a new feature, there's maybe a new system, but yeah. the, the infrastructure is pretty much the same, I think. Uh, Olaf, can you tell us a, b- a word about data classification? And I'm assuming that you're using data classification to decide, okay, this, co- this is high risk and should not move to the yeah. cloud, and this is a medium risk, and it could go to the cloud encrypted. And I'm, I'm mostly interested how you do the data classification, and also, is there types of data or type of an application that you say, okay, this one will not move to the cloud? Yeah. Very interesting question. And we see also that uh, the thoughts about this have changed over time. And actually, I'm going to tell you now how it is and also what direction we're going to take it because the reality is that the way we do classification of data today and have been done in the past is, of course, not good enough uh, for the future anymore because uh, the world is really changing uh, and also the... The, the, let's say the, the, the way we look at data is, is much more granular than it used to be in the past. So um, let me start with that one first. We, of course, we have the CIA traded uh, conf- confidentiality, integrity, and availability triad as a basis. So all data that uh, we have in the bank that is used in applications will be classified from that perspective. And we have a rating mechanism for it, which makes it critical, sensitive, or non-sensitive from the different angles. So it's a, a combination of CINA and then uh, sensitivity levels applied to it. Okay, three levels sensitivity. We have three okay. levels of sensitivity as a basis, mm-hmm. uh, but of course uh, there's always uh, more, let's say, uh, sensitive or more critical data. So we do have, specifically on the secrecy side, uh, we do have, have additional uh, uh, attributes that can, can be connected to it. Okay, interesting. So privacy related or mm-hmm. even uh, no, yeah, really uh, hard secrets that we want to keep uh, separate. So critical data and secrets are different in our view then. Okay, and uh, you classify an application, you classify the columns inside the database, I mean, how low can yeah, you go with it's uh, really about the data itself. The data uh, itself. So the application, of course, is, is in the end has to deal with it. And mm-hmm. in fact, uh, when we talk about an application or a SaaS application uh, in this location, then it's, it's about the data that's going to handle in that application. Okay. Yeah. So what about uh, uh, if you have critically high sensitive information with the t- all the tags, do yeah. you move it to the cloud? Oh yeah, that's uh, what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. We see that uh, the perspective is changing. And in fact, mm-hmm. uh, as a CISO, uh, let's say in the old days, uh, we were seen as the one, the department that says no. Uh, but we have changed that approach already a long time ago. I think in 2013 already, my CISO, the CISO of the bank, uh, Martijn Decker, he was uh, he was very uh, open about it. He said, well, we should not be the department of no. We should be the department of how we should do it in the right way. Okay, that and sounds like an Israeli name. I have to stop you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, Martijn Decker is a very typically Dutch name. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, so, in fact, we, we already came to that conclusion uh, very early. And um, uh, in fact, what we try to do is to guide uh, development teams, but also the teams that want to move into the cloud to do the right thing. And that's what we do, and that's what also we do today. And then coming back to your question, is there limitations to it? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, we do not put that limitation on us from a security perspective. We say, as a business people, as business, 
you should decide what you want to do with the data. We give you a view on the risks that are connected to it, but uh, having the data on site also is risky. Yeah. And in that sense, um, we can explain also no, yeah, the things that you need to organize or arrange if you do it on site, if you do it off site or in a, a cloud environment. And probably going forward, the cloud is maybe even a safer place to go to rather than your own uh, perceived uh, on site uh, uh, environment. Okay. And, and we really believe that. You really believe in that? That's, uh, yeah, that we can make that work and also can explain it uh, to business people in a way that they can make a, uh, a judgment call. So uh, one question from for one that is not uh, really in the in the in the security area, you say that okay, it can be okay. Those are, are the risk. Okay, mm -hmm. so you gave the ball to me. Yes, we, but it's actually we believe that the business is always responsible for the actions uh, that they're taking. So as a security department, although we have also first line responsibilities in making the solutions right, etc., uh, and we do offer the standard solutions. We still believe that in the end it is a business decision whether or not to take the residual risk. And the, the final call yeah. in the final call is from the business or uh? it is from the business and uh, when needed, uh, let's say what we call then the residual risk, so the remaining risk needs to be approved in a board and that board can be even as high as the managing board. Okay. The, um, I, I was looking at one of the slides yesterday and uh, you showed like the adoption of uh, cloud in uh, ABN AMRO and like the first phase was software as a service, which is uh, this is what everybody do. And this is usually it's for uh, HR and uh, stuff that are not so, uh, so critical. Second phase of adoption is always a CRM, mm -hmm. uh, customer relationship management, and then where you start uploading customer data. This is like you need more kahootas for the rest. And in the last, you start talking about core banking, which yes. a bit surprised me. Yeah, now I can yeah. tell you a little bit. And of course, mm -hmm. I should make a difference between let's say Aben Amro as the mother bank and the uh, let's say the, the, the global instance uh, and the what we call then uh, the challenger banks which are more subsidiaries of Aben Amro that do have the Aben Amro logo on it mm. but do offer also a different infrastructure and uh, offering to clients and they are allowed and that's what we agreed also to also experiment a little bit uh, on being front runner in uh, cloud adoption uh, specifically on the core banking uh, section okay. so uh, for instance we have a new pro a new new challenger bank as we call it new tens it's a subsidiary company of the bank that offer loans to uh, small and medium enterprises and in fact they are fully cloud-based and they can give you in 10 to 15 minutes a go or no go on a loan uh, so if you are a startup and you want to have a loan, you just simply uh, follow that uh, uh, portal and you'll have an answer in 10 to 15 minutes time. It's fully automated, fully uh, equipped for the cloud uh, uh, technology. Amazing. And yeah. uh, because they're like a new bank, they're a subsidiary, you're yes. allowed them to build a new, new infrastructure and this infrastructure is built on top of public clouds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And they don't uh, get any uh, services from ABN AMRO. Uh, I mean, IT-wise. Uh, uh, no. Uh, the idea is indeed that uh, yeah, total independence. Yeah. And of course, uh, maybe uh, let's say on the infrastructure, sorry, the, the not uh, the, the more the, the physical infrastructure. There's uh, some connection, but uh, 
uh, in, in essence, they are an independent subsidiary. Okay, and what does it look like from behind the scenes? I mean, uh, do you buy some kind of core application from outside and you install it on the cloud? Is it a cloud service that you yeah. buy or uh, yeah. do you develop it? What, uh, no, what it's, it's of course, a combination of both uh, mm -hmm. that we also have this, uh, let's say, our own uh, the development teams that will create this stuff. But especially on this example, we try to make use of standard services, standard uh, uh, solutions that are uh, available on the market and just combine them uh, in, a, in an infrastructure. Uh, okay, so the, uh, usually the solutions on the market are software and you yeah. install them on yes. your... Uh, in a cloud environment. In a cloud environment. So yeah. you basically, you manage it. It's yes. not, you're not buying core services no. from somebody else. No, no, it's, it, no, that can also be done, of course, but in essence, we still are in charge of the, the banking infrastructure. Okay, yeah. so basically this is your application and all yeah. the developments around it is your responsibility yeah. and you're responsible also for the monitoring and everything else and the regulator takes it. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah. So we do have a good relationship with the regulator on the ongoing debate and of course they also have problems in really finding their way so to speak um, uh, and they uh, as long as we inform them in the right way and we also uh, give them full clearance on the way we have adjusted the risks etc we are uh, good to go so it's not that they stop us from uh, making certain decisions mm -hmm. okay they ask clarifying questions but they don't ask they don't say you're not allowed to do it yeah and there, there is no region in uh, in Netherlands right no uh, AWS or Azure region no, no, there no. Are. Yeah. no, no yeah, I, yeah, we I, I know it's uh, a <laughs> little for our audience in Israel uh. <laughs> we, we can do it also if not there is no region in Israel okay yeah. <laughs> it's harder because all your data will go to somebody else's jurisdiction which yeah. is hard yeah uh, so Mike Maybe we can uh, overview the octagon model. It's different parts to see uh, uh, yep, to see what kind of uh, insights can you uh, we can take from that. And so we have the data classification we were talking about. This mm -hmm. is one uh, side of this uh, octagon model. A risk process. Can you tell a little bit more about it? What is it? Uh, the risk process is more like um, uh, that you do want to uh, uh, yeah do the um, uh, look at the different perspectives of the of the uh, the the cloud uh, adoption so to use the the right uh, uh, controls have the right controls in place and, and, and take that perspective so basically when the uh, depart business department is coming we're saying I'm going to implement this software as a service I'm going to develop this application you want to see that they have managed their risk uh, portfolio exactly. okay, those are the risks that we are dealing with and this yeah. is the control basically a threat yes. modeling for this uh, yeah. for this specific and they're coming to the committee and uh, over there you check if they made the right yeah so uh, uh, we call it ratification uh, mm -hmm. of the uh, the judgment so it's not so much that we do and, and do the same thing as what uh, the teams have been doing, but we make sure that we look over the shoulder and say they have done it in the right way. So, uh, of course, unfortunately, there's always uh, things to correct. Yeah. Huh? So <laughs> nothing is perfect. So in that sense, we also do play a role. But overall, uh, I think it's really about uh, yeah, uh, checking, uh, making sure that you have uh, a little bit of a view on uh, yeah, what's the quality of the assessment itself. Okay. Uh, other part of this octagon model is the service provider sub uh, by yeah. short yeah so the ser service providers is really about uh, what are the sub 
contractors more or less uh, that are related to it mm -hmm. and uh, and what is the service providers that are linked to the cloud service that you're going to offer and you want to make sure that we look at them all at all in one uh, overview okay so who are the providers of your provider yes like if yes you take a software as a service what is the platform or the service or the infrastructure service that it installed below if they use third party exactly because and there's also mm -hmm. due to regulations we have to report on that so if we report a cloud usage we also have to report subcontractors on it yeah okay. so the, the entire supply chain yes. uh, mapping yeah okay development and engineering yeah, so that's more on the IaaS and PaaS environment. So if we do our own developments, we mm -hmm. have to, of course, make sure that uh, that the teams are uh, yeah, having security in mind and have that uh, also built in in the tool. So we say you should make use of secure pipelines uh, and then create software that is inherently secure from the beginning on. Okay. Uh, architecture and how is it different from development and engineering? No, yeah, we, we have indeed, uh, so development and engineering and architecture is in our view different. That architecture is more about what's the future landscape looking like and does it fit in the landscape the overall landscape of the mm. bank the IT landscape and if it does fit uh, in that then you're good to go so I would say an architecture decision also something that you should make as early as possible and not at the end if you okay. come at the end to the conclusion that more or less we have already the functionality somewhere else in the bank yeah then it's a bit silly of course you spend so much time and effort on it which was in was ever uh, yeah is, uh, you could could have prevented that Okay, so basically it's more matching the solution to the bank yes. overall architecture yeah, exactly. and poster yeah. posture. Okay, uh, IT governance policies? Yeah, so we have um, uh, all kind of uh, 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 yeah, standard uh, uh, procedures in place that we want you to have followed and you must, must make sure that you need to follow also those uh, well. Uh, and from a policies and standard perspective, that means that you have to adhere to certain uh, policies and standards that are in place. Okay, great. Uh, procurement contracting yeah pro procurement is really um, uh, really also again uh, more at the beginning to make sure that you uh, have the right legal clauses in place uh, that you also have a possibility to to move out of the cloud up front eh? in fact uh, yesterday we had a joke about any analogy about getting into a marriage and how difficult it is to divorce well getting out of a cloud it's even more difficult <laughs> than getting a divorce so uh, <laughs> and then maybe it's better good uh, it's better than to to look about this upfront eh? so how do you want to break up mm -hmm. eventually and make sure that you are able to do that rather than uh, connect yourself to something you will never get out Okay. Do you have the, like this white list of providers that uh, are authorized and uh, you can, for instance, not do the committee or uh, get a, uh, some... Uh, Israeli easy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> some easy, uh, some easy uh, uh, access to the committee uh, or uh, anything, everybody gets the same treatment? No, we, at this moment we do not make any differences up front, mm -hmm. but uh, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, uh, checks and balances in it, so not over everybody will qualify. So it's more the, uh, more a matter of quality rather than that's upfront uh, decision making. Okay. And countries using processing and hosting? Yeah. So so country perspective is of course I think we mentioned it already a few times is of course diff uh, difficult. It's from a regulatory point of view, you're not always allowed to to move around uh, the data. Uh, also, uh, we have, as a global bank, we do have uh, different countries with different regulations, and we must make sure that that is also adhered to. Do you have, uh, one of your country has a regulation that bank data should not uh, leave the country? Yeah, we do have that. So, for instance, Hong Kong, Singapore area are very strict. Mm -hmm. So that means that cloud adoption for that area is 
more difficult, I would say, or at least has have different uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Differences uh, in in implementation. Yeah, okay. Singapore has a local data center, yeah. a good variety. So, yeah. so is Hong Kong, which you're okay. Which are other examples? I'm just uh, trying to find a country that has this regulation and don't have a data center. Uh, <laughs> Maybe nah. this is why they attack. The <laughs> <laughs> no, this is why they, this is why they have this yeah. regulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think yeah. I think uh, so far uh, we have been uh, able to manage in every country. So okay, okay interesting. So, but uh, l let's say you're taking uh, information from uh, uh, Holland. And put it in uh, some kind of cloud provider in the United States that's accepted by your regulation as long as you follow a GDPR. Uh, uh yeah, so it's not per se that you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only that we don't want to do it in a lot of occasions. So it's really, uh, and also, also has everything to do with the, the legal uh, perspective. Uh, yeah, if we can prevent situations which we do not want to end up with, we don't do it. But we do have also a US uh, uh, base. So we have data in the US uh, and we do have contact with US uh, okay. environment. Yeah. So this is part of your risk management, it's yes, not it's part, part of, of uh, some kind of overall uh, regulation. Yeah. Okay, uh, this was the eight sides of the Octagon model, uh, very interesting. Anything you want to add about uh, cloud adoption at banks in general? No, I think I think it's really going very fast now, uh, if you really look at it. And uh, we have also with the Cloud Security Alliance good conversations about cloud adoption in the financial industry. Uh, we have a working group specifically on the financial services section, uh, sector. Uh, so in that sense, uh, that is a good, uh, yeah, good way of also exchanging ideas and, and bringing things further. Um, but we do, as banks, also cooperate very well together, I think. Uh, and I think this is also one of the messages that I heard also again stressed in the main event, that it is about cooperation, about sharing knowledge, sharing even data mm -hmm. going forward. And I really believe that uh, that's the right way to do. We need cloud uh, for that. Uh, it's a technology that will help us also to make that work. So uh, it is inevitable that we will go in that direction. Usually uh, sharing data between different banks is uh, being supervised or being uh, monitored by the regulator. What is the case in Holland? Yeah, we do have that in place, but also we have, uh, again, uh, a very good uh, association of banks mm -hmm. that makes things work in, in a good way. And also the, the regulator is very much connected to that, so uh, we have a joint effort there. Uh, and so far, so good. Uh, I think uh, we're really doing uh, good stuff on that side. Yeah. Sharing information is very important for security because the bad guys really know how to share data. So yeah, exactly. We need to be the, exactly. the same efficiency. Yeah. Thank you, Olaf. It was very interesting. Thank good. you for coming yeah. to Cyber Week. Thank you for sharing all this info about your bank and about yourself. It was very site-opening. Yeah, site okay, thank you very much and uh, all the best. And hope to see you also next year. Uh, I hope so too. <laughs>